Welcome to the Bridge Africa podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Osekisi. Every week, I'll be sharing employability and entrepreneurial tips needed to help you get the job you desire or start a business venture right after you complete your university education. I'll be introducing you to seasoned entrepreneurs and working professionals in diverse fields. We'll learn about their journeys, that is the bends, their pitfalls, their successes, and most importantly, how they overcame. Let's get it rolling. In this episode, we are going to talk about how to pursue entrepreneurship as a career option. And it's going to be fun, fun, fun. Right, let's get in, let's get in right there. Um, one of the things that for me, uh, for based on experience, I've noticed is that it's way easier to work for somebody than to work for yourself as an entrepreneur. It takes a lot of heavy lifting to get something off of off of the ground. I've been on both side, both sides of the equation where I was working for a company or large companies or as corporate entities. And I've been on the side where I was involved in a lot of entrepreneurial gigs, right? The, the work involved or the, uh, what it takes or what it requires of you as, as to be an entrepreneur is much more heavier. With that said, there are people who naturally have the flair for business. And also, sometimes you have to think of multiple streams of income. So yes, you may be working for somebody else, but you may, uh, what we call, uh, you may be have a, uh, having a side kind of project on the side that also brings in something, right? So you have to balance the two. So we are going to zero in on some of the key things that you need to look at in order to be successful as an entrepreneur or as somebody who wants to pursue entrepreneurship. You and I know that because of what is going on currently, unemployment rates in most parts of the world just gone through the roof, right? So sometimes waiting for the job to come or sometimes waiting to enter into some kind of employment can be can take a while. So whilst you're doing that, you can venture into an entrepreneurship uh, um, uh, venture. I don't want to re repeat venture twice, but I've done it. So you can do that. Um, and what are the key things that you have to take note of to become a successful young entrepreneur? Let's go. So basically, the first thing is that you have to identify a problem. Identify a problem is not just a cliche. Identify a painful problem. You know, pain, pain, pain. Think of pain. Identify something that is so painful, right? Maybe look into your life, look into your circumstances, your situation, your environment. Is there something that is causing a, a, a people pain? Is there something that is causing you pain, right? Um, there's this analogy. I, I don't know where it comes from, but I think I read it from an article from Paul Graham. Uh, Paul Graham is one of the top, top, top venture capitalists in the world. Um, I think it's, he uh, is a co-founder of Y Combinator, which is one of these big accelerators or incubators in the world, I think based in California somewhere. So and in that article, he wrote about, do you want the solution that you are bringing to the world or bringing to the market to become a painkiller or a vitamin? Painkiller is such that, let's say, if you have, God forbid, a very excruciating headache or excruciating ankle pain or something like that, 
um, and you have only limited limited resources there. You have maybe just small money just to get by. What are you going to do? Are you going to if it's just so painful? Let's let's take to toothache because that is that is what most people can relate to. Very terrible toothache. Um, you can't sleep. What would you do? Would would you keep the money you have, or you would just say, hey, "Damn it, let me just go uh, to the nearest chemist shop to get me some uh, Tylenol or paracetamol or whatever pain pain relief or um, ibuprofen, whatever it is that you can find, just so that at least even temporarily you can get your pain relieved." That is a painkiller. Vitamins is, yeah, I'm not really sick, you know, that kind of thing. But hey, this thing I hear is good to take. You know, good to take. It's good to have, you know, it's nice to, ha nice to have. Not any agent thing. So if your resources, in this same case, you have limited resources just to get by. And somebody came up with a vitamin as a young person. Are you going to use that resource to go and buy the vitamin so that in your mind, you, you probably may live a little bit longer or prevent some disease maybe 10, 20 years down the road. Most people, when they are faced with that choice, they will spend their money rather to alleviate their pain immediately because the pain is, is unbearable. They can't stand it. They need to do anything to eliminate it. So you're going to look for ideas around you that are painful, not vitamin ideas. Pain ideas, super painful ideas, right? So, so right after you get super painful ideas, the next phase of the matter is that determine how large that market is. You can find a painful idea, but only 10 people in your community have that level of pain, right? Or the kind of pain that you're going, you're going through, but only 10 people in your neighborhood can afford to even consider alleviating that kind of pain so people have learned to live with that pain because they just they are helpless there's nothing they can do about it or simply the market is not there maybe it's just only you and a few people in your immediate family that are going through that kind of pain so look if fine fine is there a market for this level of pain is the market big is it huge enough if the market is huge Great. Sometimes you may not need a huge, ginormous market. Sometimes all you need is a niche that is looking for what you are um, about to bring to the market. And that niche will be willing and able to pay you for that. So you're going to look, first of all, painful problem. Secondly, is the market there? Is the market there? Is the market there? Right? So for instance, just uh, when, uh, what do you call it? Um, Telecom companies were coming into, into Africa, so MTN and the rest, right? So when they came in, you realize that, wow, there was pain. You couldn't make phone calls anywhere. You have to go to the post office or you have to use uh, state-owned um, telecom companies who are very inefficiently run, right? If you apply for a landline to your house, it probably take you a year for them to Come and fix the line for you and have all sort of billing issues and uh crappy call quality and that kind of thing i'm not saying the call quality is any better but these people came in to commoditize um, communication telecommunication everybody including my mother uh it my 87 year old soon to be 88 year old mother 
has the ability to have their own phone. It only takes five minutes to get a phone line, probably even less. Just get yourself a phone. Go to the shop to just get yourself a, 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 a SIM card. That's it, right? So that problem was there. And was the market ready? Oh boy, the market was ready. The market is actually even over ready. Everybody wants it. Currently, everybody wants to buy. Everybody wants data. The market is there. So these guys, these MTA, these telecom, telecommunication companies, they're just, they're just killing it. They're just milking it. It's like a cash cow. They are printing money, basically. So you got to think that way. So after you've gotten the painful problem, you've identified your market niche that really are hungry to get that pain resolved by you. The next thing is push, market push. Push like your life depends on it. Push, push like crazy. Frankly speaking, this third point probably is more important than any other point. Although the two, the first two are super important, but in terms of weight and scale, push, push. They say, if you build it, will, uh, will people come? You know, inexperienced people in business always have it this way. That, oh, if you build it and it's good and it's nice, people will come. No, no. If my one of my business mentors, Grant Cardone, puts it this way, that best known is better than best product or best service. Best known. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to devise ways and means by which you can get the message out there. There are so many good books that have been written on Amazon. Super, I mean, classic books. Talking about fictional books and non-fiction books. Amazing authors have written them. And they are all on Amazon and platforms like Amazon, you know, Barnes and & Noble and, and other, other book platforms. Uh, marketplaces right but there there are thousands if not probably hundreds of thousands of authors with great rating material that nobody has ever heard of their books are great but no because nobody knows them they've not been able to make the impact that they were they are supposed to make Maybe somebody else may have written a book that will cure some some medical conditions that nobody has heard of. Why? Because nobody knows them. Nobody knows the material. What good is it if nobody knows what you are doing? So your, your main task, I would say, the first two will be about 20-30% of the work input into your business. The 70% is going to have to be marketing. I learned this the very hard way. I always used to come up with entrepreneurship concepts and, and ideas, and I implement them. But one of the things that I didn't know, I didn't know that the execution and the marketing was where I needed to focus most of my time. I mean, that that is, I, I would even default to say 80-20. 80% promotion, 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 and 20% everything else. And once you do that, and the world begins to know this solution, or your neighbors begin to know this solution, well, then word of mouth begins to spread, especially if the quality is good. If they are not good, if the quality is great, right? If the quality is great and you have done the promotion very effectively and people have started getting, I mean, started to use your product or your service, 
guess what? Word of mouth becomes automatic. That is when they say a good product begins to sell itself because you've lit the initial fire behind it. And that fire begins to roll off the mountain like an avalanche. And it gets to a point that becomes uncontrollable. And it just sets a whole bush alight. And that, my friend, is what you need to do. So after you've marketed this product very well, you got to have, got, you're going to build what we call feedback loops into your product or service, whereby your customers, your initial customers, or we call them early adopters who adopt your product or your service, you have to find a way to get back to them to ask them for feedback. Feedback. You know, looking at, you know, frankly speaking, it's not about, oh, this is the great product, this kind of thing. That's not exactly what you're looking for. You're looking at what is not working, what can be improved, what can be made great, not made better. What can, what can you do to make your product, you knock it out of the park. That's an American term. Right, this baseball term. Knock it off the park. You knock the complete, the, knock it off the park because what you're going to realize is that competition is always going to creep in. So the best way to annihilate your competition is through excellence and quality. Right. If you're able to stay above with your level of excellence, execution, quality, great customer service, there's no competition. And and that's what, so you're building a feedback loops so that the feedback loop was, is going to inform you about the quality of, of how to come to that, how to build to that level of quality and excellence. And also what feedback loops does is that not only does it strengthen your product or service, but also it also sometimes opens the door of opportunity for other related products or services. Right, so a client, you may be selling maybe a widget, maybe uh, this phone, right? And as it goes up and people start using it, they could tell you that, oh, um, we're using this phone, blah, blah, blah. Can you, would, would you um, consider uh, creating a solution whereby we'll be able to use it in, let's say, in a hospital uh, to maybe pick up some imaging, some x-ray imaging, or whatever it is. I mean, I'm, I'm just making this stuff since as, as, as I talk a lot. So I'm just kind of thinking on the fly. So they, maybe you've done this. This widget is for maybe retail. You've done something for the retail industry. Then somebody's using it who's probably, whose wife is working in the hospital. Then he sees maybe the husband using this. What is this? Oh, I said, I bought this thing for this retail business. And the wife looks at it. So oh, this... Huh, I think we could adopt it in the healthcare industry, right? Immediately, you get that feedback and you begin to explore that feedback. What it means is that you are giving more oxygen to your idea. Your idea is now beginning to spread into other tangential or related industries. And that is what feedback loops uh, can bring. Then finally, as you've gotten the feedback, the next thing you do is, continuous improvement. You're getting the feedback. The feedback gives you the data for continuous improvement. And you're improving, improving. Great customer care, great customer care, great customer care. Let your customers be, I mean, treat them with respect, with dignity. Treat them like your life depended on them, right? And always over-deliver, over-deliver. When you make promises, you over-deliver, not, not under-deliver or deliver so you send you tell a client um i'm going to complete your work 
on Thursday by 2 p.m. I should be done. Frankly, aim to get the work done on Wednesday morning and send it to the client Wednesday afternoon, not Thursday. Right, you're over-delivering and the quality is great. Once you do that, you set yourself up for an amazing entrepreneurial journey. As I said, it's not easy, but it's possible. All right, speak to you again and uh, have a, a wonderful time. I want you to also watch my other videos over here that are going to pop here. That's going to be a massive, massive, massive value to you. Thank you so much for your time. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you loved it, please take a minute to leave a great review. It would mean the world to me. And finally, if you love what you just heard, can you kindly share with your friends and family? And I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And let's catch up on the next episode. Thanks and bye.